Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. And we are back, episode 43 of Eurobash. We're back up in this. I'm with Noel McGrath as usual. How are you, my love? Good, yeah. Um, a little bit tired after the weekend. Mad weekend of fights, obviously. International Fight Week, UFC 239. Crazy card. Um, Unbelievable. It was buzzing. It was absolutely buzzing on Saturday. Like I wasn't going to buy it, but I bought it. Oh, well, they got yeah, your hook, line, and sinker. Um, yeah, well, speaking of uh, UFC 239, let's look at these headlines. Uh, John Jones and Amanda Nunes retain their... UFC crowns, uh, also announced earlier in the week, James Gallagher v. Cal Eleanor to headline UFC Dublin. Cal Eleanor, of course, coming off the back of that win over Cage, former Cage Warriors champion uh, Nathan Grayson. Um, I think that's a good test. That's a fight I was asking for a long time ago. Um, it was. I saw that. You, you, geez, you're, I pretty you're much matched the whole card. <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's take a look at some of the other fights that I got confirmed later for that. Uh, Peter Queeley v. Ryan Scope. Lee Chadwick v. Carl Moore. Franz Malambo v. Dominique Wooding. Philip Mulpiter gets his debut against Keith McCabe, who's coming off that short-notice loss against uh, Buffando. Uh, Richie Smullen takes on Sean Tobin, a man who was matched to fight James Gallagher a long time ago. Dylan Logan fights Adam Gustav, who lost to Smullen in the last Bellator Dublin card. And Constantine Gunsariev fights Ian Coughlin. Um, I think there's a few more fights that are going to be made rising, soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, so what do you think of that card so far, I guess, uh, based on this? I see a lot of people, when I announce it, I really like Queely Scope. I like Chadwick Moore. I like Malambo Wooding. Uh, and I like the main event. But I see a lot of people saying, like, this is a Bama card. This is 100% a Bama card with a Bellator sticker stuck on it. Yeah. Probably is, yeah. Yeah. Let's not beat around the bush. But the the one thing is the matchmaking's a lot better than it was for the last card in Dublin. Um I think a lot of the fights are um considered to be more competitive. Absolutely. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, yeah. So that's, To be fair to Queely, he had a tough fight yeah. on the first card yeah, yeah, and he yeah, has yeah, a tough yeah, fight yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. But but I think in general across the card, like if you look at some of those bouts Gallagher Eleanor's definitely <clears> a bigger yeah. name than um the last guy Graham that, that um James fought. But obviously James is coming off his first yeah. professional loss. You could understand that to a certain extent. And we, we know, obviously, we can't announce it yet, but we know some more of the fights that are probably going to be announced in the next couple of weeks, and they are. They're, they are a lot more competitive. Maybe even one tomorrow. Yeah, okay, there we go. But, um, yeah. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, don't give me uh, arse slapped again. But, um, yeah, moving on, we'll, 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 we'll come back to that in a second. Um, Joanna Jacek meets Michelle Waterson on October oh, 12th in San Francisco. It. Amazing fight. What a fight, man. That is that is potential to be female fight of the year. It's absolutely like one of those masterclass fights that we're going to see of unbelievable technique from both ladies. Oh, I'm so excited about gotta, that, i got to say, like, initial thoughts on this, I feel like Joanna has it. I just, uh, like... I, I think so. Yeah. But man, does bloody Waterson's Michelle great, Waterson yeah. have great speed? She's really good all round. So underrated with her ground game as well. It's gonna be a chess match for three rounds. I really think it is. Definitely five rounder, is it? Five oh yeah, it's five rounders. Main event. event. So Excuse I, me. I, I love that. I think that's even better yeah. that it's a five rounder. And 
I'm totally buzzed for that. I saw Cam it. Watterson keep that pace for 25 yeah, minutes. Exactly. Yeah, it's I good, think it could be, be a decision, phenomenal. but it's going to be an entertaining one. It's yeah. going to be an entertaining without, one. Without question, man. It's, it's one of the, the female fights of the year to watch, and uh, I'm, I'm totally pumped for that one. Uh, also announced, Phil DeFries will take on Damien Grabowski in the headline act of KSW 50. That will be third, a third title defense for DeFries if he manages to do it. Obviously, saw Grabowski get back to uh, winning ways on the last KSW card. I like that fight. Makes a lot of sense. Two UFC veterans going at it. And, and DeFries, his uh, march to taking over Poland continues. He's taking out all the Polish monsters they've put in front of him now. Lots of, lots so let's see how he gets monsters. on. With Grabowski. Also, actually, a note on that. Martin Lewandowski did an interview with the fantastic uh, Casey Lydon and uh, Esther Lynn and Jose Youngs while the International Fight Week was going down. And he, he confirmed that Roberto Saldic will also be on that card. So that's a big, big card Savage. that's headed for London. Um, another bit that isn't quite over the line, I was speaking to some managers, etc. This one is being targeted for the Copenhagen main event, but nothing is confirmed as of yet. Jack Hermanson v. Jared Cannonier. Yeah. Um, you know, Hermanson wanted... Gastelum, um, but I suppose the thing about Jack is he he was always going to fight in that card. He was never like he he wants a fight on the Denmark card without a doubt. So I'd say that's what a, what what the case was. Look, you can't get Gastelum. Will you fight Cannonier? That is not an easy fight. Winner of that fight is getting a title shot. That's not an easy fight yeah, though. It's, it's not an easy hellish. fight. It is. You know, we've seen Cannonier obviously coming off that win against Anderson Silva. You know, regardless of what way you want to look at it, he still stopped Anderson Silva. Yeah, in Brazil, went over there. Whacked away at his legs, blew out his knee. Listen, that guy has put a run together, and I think if you look at what Hermanson's done in his last number of fights as well, putting away Souza last time out, this is a guy who's in prime um, condition and you know probably hitting reaching the prime of his career, and to obviously do that against Shakaray such dominant fashion over the five rounds, which it was, it was a very very straightforward victory in terms of you know when we went to judge scorecard, everyone knew the result. For him to be fighting here and possibly headlining a card here as well, it's very, very sensible from the UFC in terms of marketing what they're going to if do. He, if he gets a big win, he has that big rousing win. reception Traject- in Scandinavia. Trajectory here in, in, in Europe and then onto the, the US or um, wherever it may be, Australia, for, for a big, big title fight. I think it's, um, it's very sensible for the UFC if that does get over the line to be a main event. Absolutely. Um, also, um, Sean Sheehan's ears will be turning red at the sound of this, but it uh, looks like Alexander Gustafsson is having second thoughts yeah. about his retirement. I saw an interview with MMA Nyit, our homies over there. Um, not, 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 not blatantly saying I'm coming back, but definitely mm. getting that itchy feet. Also announced today, well, Mamed announced it himself, Mamed Kaladov is considering a return. You know, I have a feeling that KSW are going to do a big stadium show next year and it's a name like that that's really going to yeah. sell out in Poland, isn't it? So, Yeah, but, you know, Gustafsson, you're going to go, like, you know, where does I thought he, he was the one to, guy that, would, that stay would, would, would stick to his word, kind of, with that situation. Yeah, obviously I don't, I don't judge him for it. For, yeah, for yeah, it. yeah, obviously no one's been confirmed, but, you know, 205, is it worth going back there from, you know, would he consider going to, to you know, to, to uh, heavyweight, like, because... I don't see an awful lot of options. I don't I see think. the sense of him going to heavyweight. He's not a big man. But I don't really see the sense of him coming back because he's a long, long way away from a title shot. You know, I, I just find it very, very odd. Um, I want to see him completely depleting himself for yeah. a make middleweight, please. Imagine, yeah, but uh, no, nah, listen, I, 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 I'd stay retired if I was him. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so I guess the big thing from a European perspective this weekend was the fact that this fight was on pay-per-view. It was about 22 95 uh, for Irish customers, I believe. A mess. And, um, you know, I see a lot of people, though. The one thing that is kind of annoying me about it, all, I see people going like, oh, we got to ask Dana White about this. He, 
He doesn't own the rights to that. Daniels, it's BT yeah. Sports. That That's who made this decision. There's yeah. no two ways about it. They tried to do it with boxing as well. I saw uh, Kevin Bourne, a, a very good boxing journalist, write back to Sean Sheehan's tweet about this. Mm-hmm. Like Sean's basically saying, they're going to they're gonna decide on what we're going to do with this by the numbers that buy it. I completely agree. And Kevin kind of said, they did this to us in terms of boxing, and if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So I do feel like it's BT Sports. Also, uh, Chisanga Malata did an interview with David Shaw so from the UFC yeah. about it. Like He's blatantly saying, yeah. look, we've given them the rights. They buy the rights for this, so they can do whatever the hell they want with it. That's how the way it goes, unfortunately. Um, but Noel had a bit of an ordeal trying to tune that bad boy in. Yeah, um, I came in on uh, Thursday night, and then uh, obviously I... Um, Sorry, Thursday night. What am I talking about? It's Saturday night after work. Got home about 10 o'clock, half 10. Um, went to buy the pay-per-view on the clicker on the channel. Normally, you just the hit clicker. it. You hit Remote it. The, control. The, the banger, I call it. Um, That's what other people call their mickeys, by the way. I call it mickey as well, right? But it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I went online. It said, told me I had to go online to buy it. So I went to Air Sport. And then I had to buy it through BT and then referred back to Air put in your details whatever you pay for the pull out your card you pay for it there and then and says whatever you can only watch it in one of your boxes right you've your sky q main box downstairs and you have a mini box it's not available to watch in the mini box which is total pain in the ass and then um obviously the prelims were on bt sport free <clears throat> the ufc fight pass prelims and the regular prelims were on so i went downstairs then for the main card and wouldn't work for like a half an hour, so I missed the whole first fight. So you would, you would just, just to clarify, you had bought this a lot in advance. Oh, well, ten o'clock in the evening. Oh, come on. Yeah, and so I went downstairs, and it didn't literally come on till um, after Diego Sanchez fight against uh, Michael Chiesa. Like what the fuck? And, and you know, I, I went online to try and look for some help. Air sports helpline is shut. There's no number to ring because it's too late, and there's no one on their wow. so there's no one on their social media. So like, I'm glad they're putting the bodies behind this project. You know, I did, yeah, it's just a mess. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like total mess. I should be getting my money back for that because I missed the the fight. But you only I, wanted to see Diego Sanchez. Yeah, that was it. I was just wanted, I was wanted to, my whole purpose of, of tuning in was to see Diego Sanchez after that interview with Ariel. Um, but no, it was very very frustrating, and I actually tweeted about it. And a guy, um, I can't remember who it was now. For, forgive me if you're if you're listening in, and I haven't got your name. Tweet me, rep my head for for not giving you homage. But basically, he was saying the same. He he missed like half three quarters of the card. A lad from Cork for, said that. I think it was right. Cork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like that's what you're you're sort of dealing with. And if that's going to happen, you know, you're putting out a product and you can't even get it right in the first go. People are going up in arms about. It. I think I put a poll on Saturday, Pizzi, and there's one thousand one hundred votes. I think ninety seven percent said they weren't buying it, or ninety three percent said they weren't buying it. Seven percent said they were. Like that's pretty fucking. Like that's crazy. where I'd put the stats on that. About a hundred people probably bought it. Uh, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But then you have like you know, there was a number number of things as well. Um, in terms of, you know, some of BT Sports, you know, online coverage as well. I found like, a couple of people jumping into interviews and stuff. I'm not going to name names. You can see it there online. But, you know, pretty bad stuff um, altogether. Uh, I wasn't too impressed with that, seeing that. But, yeah, just just a bit of a mess. And I think it's something maybe they'll try for the 242 card. And I think maybe after that they'll they'll go like, fuck this, it's not working. Because I don't think it is going to work. It just the pay-per-view has never worked, man, on this side of the pond. Unless You've already paid for it. An That's anti- the problem. Joshua. You're paying yeah. the subscription. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. Mm. Most people are watching these fights when they come back from the booze early. I agree, yeah. And I guarantee you probably you know, a lot more of those 97%, 93%. 
um, probably did come back from the pub and said, fuck it, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll buy it, rang up. And they probably didn't even get it because they like fell asleep loaded, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, it is, it's it's annoying and I don't think it's something that is going to be here by the end of the year. I'd be very surprised if they continued on. Um, BT Sports I, I have taken a huge knock from it. Like, I mean, I'm looking at their social media. Every post they put up, it's just mm. being inundated with But their coverage is crap, though. Like, you know, any of the, the, the programming they do, it's, it's, it's boring. It's very generic. It's not something that is aimed towards the hardcore fan. Their online stuff isn't great either. Uh, I think they need a total... We've been saying this for God knows how long, four years now. They need a total overhaul on what they're doing. Like They need to be pushing original programming if they're going to do a pay-per-view mm. um, around it. I think it makes it much more appealing if they want to set it to a European market. Get a European team there, a proper team who know what they're talking about and push this towards their fans. Have a European spin on these pay-per-views instead of the shite we've to... We've to, you know, put up with trying to trying to actually access the fucking pay per view. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, a bit of an ordeal to say the least. But um, let's get on to our first interview of the day. It's one of the big winners. Rant from one US- over, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rant one down. Uh, it's one of the big winners from UFC two three nine. It's Arnold Allen. What a fantastic performance he put That's together just- against Gil- uh, Gilbert Melendez. Like I, I don't think I think. Arnold's flown under the radar. I said this to him before the fight, even. Yeah. He's 6-0 in the UFC now. That's the, the second longest streak in the division. Yeah, McGregor, Aldo. Yeah. Um, it's, it's mental to see He didn't see beat that. either of those. What are you saying? No, I'm turning in terms of fucking <laughs> run. But no, amazing uh, for him. You know, really good. I think it was a calculated performance. I'd still like to see a little bit more, but when you're putting away guys like Gil Melendez, I don't think Gil like Melendez I mean, in such fashion, on that, on that big stage, pressure was obviously on him a lot. Went out and did it, you know, really good performance, well, in I think my opinion. A twenty five year old kid introducing Gilbert Melendez to the featherweight division. Yeah. Like I don't I never looked at this like Was Gil's he disappointed gonna, with the performance though? He seemed to be a little bit No. No. He seemed like uh, he said like he, he hasn't really good. watched it in depth. Like I thought it was amazing yeah, yeah, to be honest. Right. I, like he overwhelmed him. Like, you know, yeah. bell to bell. I, there was never a moment in the fight where I was like, Oh, yeah, here yeah, comes yeah, Gil. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He absolutely he battered him and he took him down like I mean I think this guy is, has a huge future and mm. when that UFC London card comes around in March man if he has another win and he's on a 7 fight win streak going in there he can look like yeah, 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 yeah. depending on what's there you know yeah, so uh, great to speak to Arnold he had just had a very disappointing breakfast and Denny's I'm, I'm sad to report but uh, we got over it and we got to it in the end uh, thanks so much to Arnold we'll be back in about 10 minutes and now I am joined by Arnold Allen, who was all the way in Las Vegas. He's just gorged himself on a big buffet breakfast, I imagine. But this man is now 6-0 in the UFC, coming off the most impressive performance of his career against former strike force uh, lightweight champion and legend, really, Gilbert Melendez. He now has the second uh, longest streak, tied second uh, in the featherweight division. And Arnold, finally, how are you feeling, man? That was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling all right. No, I just had Denny's. It was pretty disappointing. So uh, <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little pissed off about that. But I mean, it's all right. What did you get? <laughs> what did you have? Uh, it was like French toast grand slam or something with the pancakes on the side. Oh, no. It was horrible. They didn't know hash browns. I usually like the hash browns when I'm in Vegas. I stick to hash no, browns and bacon. I don't bacon. like the hash browns. I don't like the way they do it. I like the old little ones we have back there. <laughs> well, there we have it. Here, here are the highs and lows of the life of an MMA fighter. One, biggest <laughs> win of his career and then terrible breakfast the next morning. I'm very sorry I to hear that's happened. Oh, it's devastating. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, yeah. like, have you got a chance to watch this back? Like, I mean, it, it feels almost funny to me because we were talking about how low-key you are, how the 5-0 and o was kind of float on the radar, and that's mm. really the way you wanted it. But 
after that performance, I saw a huge outpouring of emotion on Twitter for you. A lot of people getting behind you. Just 25 years of age to do something mm. like that against Melendez. It's, it's pretty stunning to me. Have you, have you been able to watch it? Yeah, I watched it back this morning. I didn't really, well, I didn't really watch it properly. I kind of just watched bits. But I want to, uh, like, have a proper, like, analyze it. But, um, yeah, I'm always critiquing myself when I watch it back, so I don't really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what for you is the most impressive thing about that? Like, I mean, I think people will say straight away, your dynamic striking was a joy to behold. Like, I mean, catching him on the end of your left hand, the beautiful shots mm. to the liver. But, I mean, was there anything in there for you that impressed you the most about what you were able to do with him? Um, no, I was happy. To, I was happy to score a takedown to sort of you know show I can wrestle with the mm. big boys and stuff. And yeah, I was happy with that. The striking was pretty much kind of what I expected. Uh, you know, we know the way he fights. He's a little heavy on his feet, sort of throws wild. So I knew he'd be a bit slow. But yeah, so it was everything I expected there. But yeah, I was happy to score the takedown. Yeah, yeah. I saw you uh, approach Gilbert at the end of the fight. And I mean, you're a guy that's always very respectful to your opponents, but I knew this one was mm. particularly special because we talked about it beforehand. This is without a doubt the biggest name you've ever faced, a legend, mm. as I said. Um, what what yeah, did you say sure. to Gilbert afterwards? Uh, I just said it was like an honor to share the cage with him. He's a legend. Yeah. That was all. Yeah. He is, uh, he's, he's a legend, he. He is indeed, man. And do you feel what I'm talking about when I say this big, uh, the kind of outpouring of uh, praise, etc.? Do you feel that this is even bigger on the back of this win than it has been for your five previous wins in the UFC? Yeah, definitely. And everything, everything, especially UFC-wise or fight-wise, everything over this side of the pond is uh, is a lot bigger, and there's mm-hmm. a lot more eyes on it. Back home, it's big, but it's uh, it's not it's not the quite the same just yet. Yeah, and I mean, do you feel like after being over there and fighting in the US, given that you do spend time in TriStar in Canada, does this suit mm. you better? Like, is it a bit of a runaround when you have to go back to Europe and stuff? No, it's right. Last time I fought in London, I just went home for a bit. I went home for a couple of days to check in. It was nice to hang out with my family and uh, hang out with the dog. And so everywhere was familiar, you know, I knew all the places to eat. It was a bit hard here trying to find somewhere to eat before. So mm. everywhere seems to be like uh, covered in cheese and stuff, you yeah. know. It's it would be fine if you weren't fighting, right? It's just with the whole fight there, yeah. it makes it complicated. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. When you look at all the places you can't eat, there's not really anywhere you could go. <laughs> I, I was uh, speaking to uh, your coach Jack Mason, and I was obviously mm. I was, I'm looking at the corner there last night. I see your dad, uh, Faraz, yeah. and Jack. How does that work? Like, I mean, I know, like, I mean, I know you spend a lot of time in Canada, but Jack is still obviously very involved. Still, how do you, how does that yeah. work with Faraz and him and and your dad? Everything. How does it come together? Uh, yeah, they have, they have a great relationship. To be honest, like, Jack still Jack does a huge role in my career. Like, if it wasn't for him, these fights wouldn't get put together. That's for sure. Like he, he takes care of most of the stuff, and uh, yeah, he's a huge help. But um, yeah, you know, Fraz goes in as a head coach; he's the mastermind. He comes with the plan, and uh, yeah, we stick to the plan. And my dad, uh, he runs the fan, the towel fan. <laughs> it sounds like it's a good organization. Everything, everyone has their own job, and everyone's happy enough. It seems like there is a great mood in the corner, though. Yeah, yeah, it works good. Nah, it's all good. It works well. I'm a bit surprised uh, that you didn't get a bonus, I'm going to be completely honest, because, you know, seeing this kind of, like, even though you have been in there for a long time, but to do mm. that, like, is a breakout performance as far as I'm concerned. Were you a bit disappointed yeah. that they didn't uh, throw a check your way? Uh, I wasn't surprised after a couple of knockouts and stuff. And 
usually is always one on the main card or something. The main card get get more attention, don't they? Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe get a little small one. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Um, did you see the Masvidal KO? That's obviously taken most of the headlines. Did you go out and watch the fights after yours? Did you manage to see a lot? No, of the we literally we literally watched that fight in the back in the changing room, and uh, then we we headed out. But that was that was scary. So everyone was silent backstage. So yeah, yeah, that was scary. It is indeed. Um, you know, when I speak to Jack earlier, um, we were kind of talking about very briefly. Don't this was not an in-depth conversation anyway. I was just kind of saying, you know, what what's next? Like this looks like it's going to open you up into the into the rankings. And as we mm. know, things happen very fast. Once you're in there, there's more likelihood of you getting ranked opponents and stuff like this. Like, I mean, yeah. first of all, when, when would you like to be get back in there, uh, Arnold? Because I know you've said to me before that, you know, you'd never planned to be this inactive. You you wanted to fight a lot more. When, ideally, for you, would be a good time to get back in? Yeah, uh, you know, end of the year, I'm not really, I've got a few little injuries and stuff, but uh, nothing serious. I've got my hands a bit fat, my shins a bit swollen. Uh, I don't think there's anything that's going to be too sore for too long. But, um, yeah, well, end of the year or something would be nice. And but yeah, like, sorry, go uh, ahead. Go ahead, man. Sorry. Jack's always sort of telling me to. I don't need a rush. You know, he's always confirming I'm 25, and I don't have to. I don't have to rush. Just take my time. Keep getting better. So I just listen to him. Yeah, and I agree with him completely. But I feel like after a performance like that, there's going to be so much appetite from the fans trying to push you. Come on, mm. we want to see this. We want to see <laughs> that. It's going to be a whole yeah. new deal, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But is there any we'll of those, when, when you look at these, uh, the rankings, like, I mean, you're looking at names like Lamas that are there towards in the in the 10 to 15 rankings. Like, that's another big test of experience. Would someone like that uh, appeal to you at the moment, having got such an impressive display against Gil? Would, like, someone like Lamas, who's more experienced in the featherweight division, having hmm. fought for a title, would, would that kind of fight appeal to you? Or... Um, am I trying to put words in your mouth here, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, for sure. If that's... I'm, I'm, I'm like the fight, so whatever I'm told to do, that's what I do. And if Perez and Jack are happy with that, and yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> And, and and as we spoke about before this, Arnold, like this is gonna make like I mean this win now you six and zero as a featherweight you uh, such a huge win over such a huge name. If this momentum continues, as we said before this fight, this is gonna lead to a massive massive fight in London, right? Like you must be looking like you're, you're nearly guaranteed main card. I mean it could be up as far as co-main or main, right? If 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 this keeps going, yeah. I don't know. I always get overlooked whenever today. I end up on the premium so. I think it's gonna talk about shit. I don't, I don't post a whole lot about fighting on my social media, really. But uh, yeah, you know, you get them guys who post about thirty Instagram stories a day about their fight coming up, don't they? So it's not really me. <laughs> I've actually I went on and looked at your Jeep. It's an impressive piece of machinery, man. Snorkel on the side oh, yeah. and everything. My God. You like that? Yeah, it needs some love. It's rusting away. <laughs> that you must be doing some serious off road on that thing, do you? Because it's kitted out for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. You're kind of like action man, aren't you? <laughs> you know what? I enjoy that more stuff. I like working on that and stuff. I was trying to do it around the camp. I was trying to fix bits on it, and I was out in the bloody rain trying to fit parts to it before sparring and shit. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> sounds amazing. Like, I mean, just just <laughs> finally, Arnold, are you? Is there any part of you that's surprised by yourself here, or was this something that you guys knew? You were capable. It was it was only a matter of time before we saw a performance like this where you completely dominate a household name. Mm. Let's be honest. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't surprised. I, I kind of like always known I had that sort of ability to do it, but I just kind of haven't rise to the occasion yet. I always felt like uh, having that tough test and having that big name across the cage is gonna it's gonna bring out the best of me, and, and yeah, it did. So I was I was happy to do. Well, listen, man, you're an absolute gentleman for getting on to speak to me. I hope you find yourself a way better breakfast for tomorrow. I think you should <laughs> go for like something simple, like steak and eggs. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. don't don't mess around. Just get something that they won't uh, mess up for you. I think that's the way to go, they man. They can't mess that up, surely. <laughs> well, yeah. report back. Let me know if they do, so we can get on yeah, them on Twitter and lambast them. But um, <laughs> thanks very much, oh, man. Right. And congratulations. You enjoy your celebrations. And great to hear from Arnie. Um, as I said, big fight probably. Ireland, Allen, we claimed him. <laughs> Ireland, Allen, yeah, um, yeah, great win for him. Awesome. Um, let's take a, a closer look at this card. One thing that's annoying me: uh, once, once again, Dana White comes out and he says something crazy oh, afterwards that he didn't. He had, he had, did he say he had Jones winning every round or something like that? He basically said in a tweet, um, or he said in an interview with Brett Arakamoto from ESPN that anyone who watched that fight and didn't score to John Jones should never watch a mixed martial arts fight again. I scored to John Jones, boy. I knew it was very close. Like, I knew yeah. it was really close. A couple, like, my friend that I was watching, yeah. with, he, he thought Santos yeah. might have edged it, you know? Originally, I scored to Santos. I've watched it back about three times, the fight, and I, you can see, you can go. You know, John's, Jones probably had the more output in the fight. Um, I could easily score for Jones as well. I have no gripes at all whatsoever, but Dana White's talking through his, his cacks um, if he believes... Like he you can't, know, he can't keep doing this stuff where his his sentiment doesn't reverberate with the fan base at all. Yeah, and like I didn't like the fact that the the booze that were going down. I thought that was a I great fight it was to watch. Crazy the booze, you, you could see the leg going on yeah. Thiago early. That was a subplot. You know what it was though? It was a it was a big fight. Las Vegas crowd, casual fans in there. A lot of them. And the tickets. I think the cheapest tickets for the night were three hundred fifty bucks. So that probably says something to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of celebrities in the in the crowd as well. I saw Dal, Dan Bilzerian with two girls. Never heard of him. He didn't want to take uh, Tiago down, and I felt like he had a huge advantage if it did go to the ground. But he was kind of saying, I felt like that would have been a defeat. He's setting up so he's setting challenges inside challenges in these fights. So it's not like we're not going in and going to watch him bolt. He's trying to prove things to himself. Yeah. I feel in the fight, it probably doesn't result in the most spectacular thing in the world. Is it wise? Probably not. You know. No, it is. I think no, but is it wise to to restrict yourself to a certain skill set against an opponent? Like no, well, I don't think he did that. That's what he said he did. Like, where did he take him down? Where's the grappling? Yeah, that is true. He doesn't do a lot, He's a lot brilliant of grappling. Grapp- he does do a lot, a lot of grappling in his fights. Not these days, does yeah, he? But, but, I mean, he, he's a brilliant wrestler. Like, I yeah, mean, I know he like, is. He a, that's where... Do we was, see enough of it, though? Not at all. Like, in that fight, yeah. not at all. And he says after the fight, I could have wrestled him, but I thought that would be a defeat in itself. If I, I thought <laughs> well, I would have lost. That's odd to say that. But, yeah, if you look at the fight, and I think what he was trying to do in terms of his stand-up was march forward and control the octagon. And a lot of the time, you could see the leg kicks were, were hampering him. And they didn't seem to have a, a second plan mm. for what to do with those leg kicks. And that's the first time I've seen him really affected by Re- that. And Re- it's something really that hurt. people often talk about. Like, oh, I'm going to attack his legs, look yeah. at his skinny legs. It's the first person I've ever seen mm. actually do, properly, doing Properly do to him. And he, but he had no answers for it, yeah. which I found strange yeah. for Jones. Because he got battered and battered time after time with that leg. And he was still trying Even to come forward. Even the last forward. round, like, yeah. he was smacking. Yeah, but it was, uh, it, was, it was a good fight. I liked it. I yeah. think Thiago Santos deserves a hell of a lot more credit than he's getting. high-quality championship fight. Amanda Nunes is the greatest female fighter of all time. Easily. We don't even need to say anything else about yeah. it. It's just fantastic. Amazing, amazing woman. Incredible. Um, street Jesus. Jorge Masvidal. Well, <laughs> Look, I hate to say it, oh, but hands man. up in the air. 
maybe he was right not to fight Leon Edwards because would he get that kind of back and forth no, in the lead up to the no. fight, that kind of heat, and then to put no. him away that quickly? Yeah. I mean, he's got all the juice right now. Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at the videos coming out of this event, look at the amount of traction he's getting. It couldn't have possibly got that from Nate, a Leon Edwards. Nate, Di- Nate Diaz, the second coming. That's what I sort of... kind of feels like it, that it after do- Beck Connor, It right? does, doesn't it? And, yeah. you know, that's a fight that could very well happen in the line if they want to make big bucks. He's going to get that title fight. He's too much. He's got too much traction. I, I think so. Yeah, and there's, I think there's the way, no way the yeah. UFC in, in this day and age where everything is based on yeah. traction. The only reason why the Leon Edwards fight wasn't made was because of a lack of traction. I felt and they, yeah. they felt he'd bring to the table. I, I, I think we're looking at. I think we're looking at Kamaru Usman and, uh, and and Jorge Masvidal from Madison Square Garden in November. That's the way it I'm looking at it. And um, you know, interesting as well. You know, he's he, he's seemed to back up what Colby said to me last week that they're both willing to throw down. I, I could see that happening potentially after. Yeah. And that man again, that's another. That's, that's going to be for, some for, negotiation for two, for two guys. God. You know, to really sort of levitate them into this sort of multi-million dollar fight. And I, I could see it being that way. If they sold that right, and they're two bloody smart guys as well in terms of marketing themselves, what we've seen, especially from Jorge in the last few months, we know Colby can do it. Man, you know, to have that whole angle, best friends, former training partners, you know, going to war. and Yeah, it will just, sell. It's just f- phenomenal. Man, I looked at some of the names of the Wellaway division, you're like, holy fucking God. Yeah. Best division of March. It's probably... As good, if not better, than the lightweight division now at the moment. I like, I like 35 as well, to be honest. Yeah, there's a, good, there's yeah, a good few of them. Um, but uh, Jan Blackowitz shocks the world. Um, yeah, he he shocked you, Pete. He, he shocked did, you. No, I thought, I thought a lot of people were underestimating yeah, him. And <clears throat> I interviewed him on Thursday. And I, I tweeted out after the fight. But he goes to me, every time I visualize this fight, it's me finishing with my left hand in the second round. Yeah. Damn. It was, damn. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And, um, you know, I feel like... Jan, that's the biggest win of his career. Hands down. But it, it, it's interesting because he's coming off a loss to Santos. Yeah. And now he's going into this, what do they do with him now? He's after really upsetting the apple cart. I'm sure they were thinking about, oh, Rock we can Hull, do this Jones. with Rockhold. We can build towards Jones and Rockhold. And yeah. In- interesting comments from uh, from Dane afterwards. Says he wants Luke Rockhold to retire. I was shocked by that. Yeah, I was shocked as well. I was shocked, man. Like yeah, uh, He was, mustn't like him very much. Yeah, there's always been a bit of heat, I think, between the, the two of them. But... Yeah, Rockhold has looked very, very distinctly average in his last number of fights. Since Bisping, he just... Yeah. Something missing, man. But, but can I just say, he wasn't even goaded into that question. He just went for it. Mm. There wasn't even like, what do you think of Luke Rockhold's future? He was like, retire. Like he he yeah. took a question about someone else retiring, and he basically... It, probably Diego, and he spun it into Luke Rockhold should retire or something like that. Yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? Um, obviously, with Henry Hoof now as well, and... You know, maybe he was better off at, at you know, AKA, I don't know. Um, it mm. just seemed to, it really hasn't worked out. I think maybe the way he would have wanted it to, but, you know, should he retire? I mean, that's up, to, up for him to decide. I don't think many people are like, oh, yeah, definitely retire. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, this guy has to call it a day. But yeah. he has. I will say one thing. There's been a massive decline in his performance. Oh in yeah, my opinion. Like, that's fair enough, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you can definitely you can definitely understand that line of thought on it, but I just thought it was a bit crazy. Um, you oh, know, yeah. like, his losses, well, his losses at middleweight, are like to Yell Romero and, and obviously Michael just, Bisping. Just, just before we move on, just going back to you know the welterweight situation. Fair play to Ben Askren as well. Took it like a champ on the chin. Yeah, I heard him on Ariel on the way up. And you know, there was a lot of people shitting on him as well and I thought it was, it, well, it's not cool to see that when a guy gets but it's so also, body knocked out. it's also the nature of the beast. It um, is. Like if I you understand. go out and you stick your finger in someone's chest and you talk that big talk, yeah. you've got to be ready for the other side of it. Yeah, of and, course. And we've seen it time and time again. 
I mean, James Gallagher, uh, Conor McGregor. So yeah, someone interesting enough, someone commented on my on my Facebook page saying this was a disgrace, I'm shouting in his face afterwards and stuff like that. And I was like, well, well, mate, you're obviously a casual or something tuning in and saying that sort of shit. It's part of the fight game. It's the mm-hmm. way it works. These guys are, you know, um, obviously, you know, aesthetically, it, look, it he, looked quite violent. I know, but look, he used that situation yeah. to elevate himself. He's in the oh, po- no, yeah. he's in the post fight press conference saying it's not sportsmanship. Yeah. It, it's it's not. He's not. A, you shouldn't pat him on the back for it. Yeah. But he's. This is a narrative that he's controlling now. A hundred percent, I agree. He, he, you could tell there was venom between these two guys. Still if it is. was just shaking hands afterwards, that wouldn't go with the whole "this man's real," the street yeah, Jesus thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he, his videos, as I keep saying, it's marketing. Yeah. Viral after viral after viral, and he's just being himself. I feel honestly, like I feel yeah. like he's being like a, you know, hyperbolic version of himself. Yeah. But certainly, you get the impression that's the kind of guy Harim Azwadal is, and that's yeah. why people are getting behind. Oh, hundred percent. Um, like it's not. It, it's, but I, but, I, but I, sometimes I don't think people understand understand that you know the the casual onlooker that it's it's part of their it's part of adrenaline that you know obviously you know during a fight and when they when they get someone out there's obviously a big high and then he's obviously trying to keep up this act for the well not act act. i don't think it's i don't think it's an act he wants to keep up this for for the marketing campaign but that's pretty much it yeah yeah absolutely Uh, as we said as we said earlier arnold allen uh great win melendez um (laughs) Marlon Vera defeats uh, Hernandez. Marlon Vera looked great, man. Really nice rear naked choke in the second uh, round. Want to see that fight with Nathaniel Wood. Um, Claudia Gadelli gets a decision over on the Marcus. Not the most spectacular win of it all It was time. a very, very um, lethargic fight. Very hesitant, I felt, with both ladies. But listen, fair play to Claudia Gadelli. She came out and said afterwards, you know, she's working with Mark Henry now and uh, she's just implementing a lot of new... Um, she probably couldn't understand the codes he was yelling in the corner. Yeah. What do you mean, Seven? Five, five, one, Claude, Jeff. Five, five, one, two, nine, two, nine, Bronx. Your dong song. Is he a teenager? Is he not a teenager? Oh he's 21, God. but he's amazing. And uh, I've been that very... That dong fella's hard. Uh, parrot. Your, your dong is hard. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we had a... Uh, Three defeats for Europe on the uh, the undercard. I mean the the Facebook yeah. the Facebook prelims. Uh, Shabazian uh, looked pretty pretty goddamn good against Jack Jack Marshman. Man. Unbelievable. He, he steamrolled him, and that's a very difficult thing to do against someone like Marshman. You Marshman I mean? has been in some fucking wars back and forth, and this guy came out off the fucking front foot and just butchered Jack Marshman. That is a tough dude. I'm a believer now that Edmund Shabazian. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 Edmund, he's relighting yeah, that flame. He is, isn't Tardverdian, he? Tardverdian, yeah. Um, Ishmael Nardiev, uh, the Austrian wonderboy, did not have a... Like, I mean, he looks very dangerous when he's standing. There's no doubt about he it. He looks but, tired, though, man. He gassed. Uh, I felt. Chance Rancounter is a, a really... He, he's a dogged, dogged man, isn't dogged he? Like, motherfucker. He really he? is, yeah. Really impressed with that guy. Yeah, definitely. And um, Massive underdog as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Massive, biggest yeah. on the card, I think. And... Uh, Panny got off to uh, a uh, not not got off. She's already fought in the UFC, but yeah. a decision lost to Julia Avila there, and I didn't disagree with those judges. I didn't um, either. Right, so that's everything from two three nine. I guess. I guess the biggest story though coming out of it has to be Masvidal, right? Yeah, man. Two he, fights, he's back and he's in the title picture. It's pretty unbelievable. Stole the two line starches right. like starch down to and that's starch Ben Askren. But that's what he's needed in his career, yeah. and he's some somewhere he's found this from and. In the, the f- rainforest. And but, the fact they practiced that for so long and that yeah. knee and, and we saw the videos obviously with Mike Brown put up. Absolutely just unbelievable to go out and actually translate that over. It's something like you'd seen in a movie. You couldn't write that shit. Yeah. Um, and obviously Colby Covington actually said it to me last week because I predicted T for T. He's going to hit him with a knee, man, when he's shooting in. He's going to yeah. knock him out. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. 
And um, yeah, listen, the, the whole persona around him now, the, the image, you know, he's been very vocal with the media. This guy is an absolute superstar and I think we're going to see a lot, lot more of 4Game as well. Did you notice months. they were using my interview from London? I in did, I was about to say that to you until you interrupted me on something. Who do I invoice ago. at the UFC for that? Um, they've done it to me a few times as well. They're I've never bastards. had one of these things. Have you not? No. They put me on the two count. Talking brawls, I remember that. Yeah, Talking yeah. brawls on the before 206 and I was on for off the ball um, before the last fight against Habib. Yeah. Clip. They're bastards. Like, why don't they pay us for this? I'll take 25,000. Yeah, one grand. I'll do, I'll do the same for the I don't the want that day, coming you know? out of a BT uh, pay-per-view <laughs> pool. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually, they actually, they are actually technically breaking the law showing someone's footage. They it's credit copyright us. theft. They did credit us. Yeah, but credit still us. Copyright, copyright theft. You're not allowed to do it without permission. Right, well look, we're going to get on with the next interview. It's Gunnar Nelson, uh, an Irish legend. An Icelandic legend and a European legend. Uh, he's obviously fighting Thiago Alves, the first oh. fight announced on that Copenhagen card. A lot of people excited about it. I got his take on that and his take on Masvidal Askren. Uh, we'll be back shortly. We love his loads. Talk to you soon. And I am now joined by, as promised, the great Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar, how are you, my friend? Great to hear from you again. I'm very good. Very good. Good to hear from you as well. I, I got to ask you, Gunnar, the last time I, I, I spoke to you was in London, and obviously the, the fight didn't go that, your way that night, a very close fight with Leon Edwards. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know you posted afterwards and you were talking about lessons learned, um, but what, what have you taken from that fight now, now a few months down the line? What, what do you take from that? Um, you know, there, there were some uh, strategical mistakes I feel I'd done in that fight, and I, I should have pushed... I should have pushed more, you know. I had plenty of energy um, in the third round, and, and and I just feel like I was waiting a bit too much, and he was kind of waiting as well, but he kind of got ahead of points. Um, there's a few, few uh, like, for an example, in the first round where I was kind of waiting, he was on top of me against the cage, who were kind of half down, and I'm waiting for him to to go for my back or go for the neck and stuff and, and which is when I'm going to make my move to, to get him to throw him over and and I and I left a lot of openings he was kind of picking on me with these shots that were doing absolutely nothing uh, there and, and I was just kind of leaving a few openings and but he just wouldn't take it I think he just played it smart and he, he yeah I think you know he's a pretty strategic player who who likes to you know he wins a lot of fights on points I guess mm. um, and I, you know he just he fought a good fight there and and my lesson uh, was mainly if I am to take it to one is that I should have I should have pushed him more so you're one of the elite welterweights in that division do you do you feel as though Leon is a guy that can go up there and challenge like I understand what you're saying about the the kind of point style of fighting a lot of people criticize him for that but having been in there um, and with your experience with him you know do you feel like he can he can go the whole way here or do you think he's going to struggle at the top um I don't know I don't know how he deals with different energies but he's he's very good and I I think he could you know there's a lot of good guys that like there's been a lot of champions that play you know the point game and uh, more more playing points than than actual finish finishers you know but um yeah we'll see we'll see 
there was huge excitement uh, on the announcement for your next fight against Thiago Alves. It was the first fight uh, announced for this Copenhagen card. And I know that a lot of people are very excited in Scandinavia about this. How happy are you with this? Of course, when I, when I think about this matchup, I think, you know, Thiago Alves was uh, fighting for titles nearly four, uh, nearly four or five years before you got into the UFC. What, what is your take on this guy? Mm-hmm. A legend many people see him as. Yeah, he's somebody who's well known, so it's a good fight, you know. I think uh, I'm excited to fight uh, Thiago. He's a he's a he's a little pit bull in it. Yes, <laughs> and he he's been around for a long time. I'm, I don't know if he's he's pro- is he ranked or is he he's not ranked. Is he's he? not ranked at the moment, but he's been up there at the very top. Obviously, fought GSP for the title. I think that yeah, was at yeah, yeah. UFC yeah, 100. Yeah. You he know, kind of disappeared a little bit after. Usada, I think. <laughs> is is that? Do you have any suspicions in that regard? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> is um yeah a lot of a lot but, of um, sorry go I, ahead I, yeah I don't know I I just the, the, Usada has done a great job in in the UFC and I'm I'm really happy with how things have gone you know you see you see. A big difference in a lot of fighters after they they came in and obviously there's still guys doing something and they're getting popped here and there and and probably some some are getting away with it you know i don't know but at least it's you know it's making them scared now and it's they can't take as much or take the same things or whatever whatever they're doing you know it's it's affecting it you know what i mean like and i i love that when when you fight a guy like you've you've been such an advocate for clean fighting your whole life, you know, like I mean, I'm talking even before the UFC, you you would talk about this at length. When you come up against a guy with Alves who you are suspicious of in that regard, does that give you more of an impetus when you're going in to fight a guy like that? Does it give you something extra to be fighting for, or is it something you just put to the back of your mind? Um, yeah, it's not really something I think about when it when it's time to fight and stuff, you know, it is what it is. And, and I'll just go out and feel the energy and, and, and deal with the energy that, that comes. But it's definitely a factor. You know, it, it is a huge factor. And, and I don't like that guys are doing it. And, and, but you know, they do. And, and they do at the top level as well. You see what TJ, uh, Dillashire got caught for some, some stuff. Uh, EPO. EPO, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Lance Armstrong here. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like guys are getting popped and, and and it's of course it's a factor. Now, I don't really think about it too much, you know. I have my views on it, but there's nothing I can do about it really, you know. If 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 a guy that I'm fighting is going to take some stuff and maybe he gets away with it, maybe not, but all I got to do is just think about what I'm going to do and and you know, there's no point really Mm. You know, they, they they should take care of that. Usada should take care of all that, and and, and I'm just gonna let them and not really paying attention of it. But it's, for example, when Carl fought you, man, um, Mike King, yeah, he, yeah, he, he got popped afterwards, and I thought it was great what they did was give uh, Carl the, the his bonus and all that, and, and that's gotta feel good for Carl as well, you know. Knowing that you were fighting, this guy was on steroids and stuff, and he still bet him, and 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 he came through and stuff. That that's gotta feel good, you know. And and but I just don't understand how like some of these guys. They probably say think that everybody's doing it right. That's why they mm. do it. And but 
not everybody is doing it. And and then you're fighting some guy and you're you're on the gear and he's not and you lose or even if you win, like do, does it feel the same? I, I can't imagine so. I guess you, you kind of have to make peace with it in some way. Like what you're saying there, they probably yeah. think that everybody's doing it. But uh, if there's one man yeah, I know exactly. that isn't, who I'd swear over the Bible, it would be you, Gunnar. I know how uh, passionate you are about clean sport. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, if, if, I, if I need steroids to keep doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to compete anymore. I'm going to stop competing and then I'll can do my steroids to be to be able to train or whatever but i don't just i can't see myself ever doing it you know mm. um, not i'm just i'm a little scared of it as well i'm i'll be scared of my health i don't know what it does to you you hear all these stories about you know the organs or whatever it kind of fucks you up and stuff and and then when i'm older i've kind of burned a lot of energy just you know, burn my life energy taking steroids, mm. burning too fast. Or I don't know. I'm, it's just not me. I'm, I'll just stay away from it and, you know, do it my way. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I was wondering, I don't know if you've caught this story, um, but Nicholas Dalby had a, an insane bloodbath of a fight uh, in the main event <laughs> yeah. of uh, Cage Warriors 106. And this guy has basically, he has geared his whole life to being on this Copenhagen card, the one where you're fighting Thiago Alves. And, um, you know, people, a lot of people have got behind him since the fight. It was judged a no contest, so he didn't really get the closure he wanted, obviously, to unify the Cage Warriors belts and go again. But, you know, as as a fellow Scandinavian, would you like to see Dalby on that card? Do you feel he deserves that? Yeah, I I definitely think he deserves a shot uh, to come back on that card. And it makes sense, man, in, in his hometown. And he's been on a rip now. He's been doing really well. Absolutely. Uh, he seems like a different man, you know. He was going through some shit for a while, and then it, it kind of messed him up a bit. And then, but he's coming back now, and he's training hard, and he's looking good, and he's doing well. And this, I mean, this was a crazy fight there he had, and I don't know. I think he should, uh, he should get a, uh, another shot for sure. And it would mean a lot to the Danish fans, right? If they're going to a market for the exactly. first time to have a to have a guy that's so well known yeah. in the country, it makes sense for the UFC, right? does it does um i wanted to ask you about a fight that took place this weekend you probably know which one i'm talking about uh jorge masvidal <laughs> uh, v ben Askren. these are two guys you know around that london fight i felt you were very in close proximity to both of those guys to be honest i know uh-huh. that you've been chasing a fight with masvidal for a long time but i mean what was your reaction to that did that shock you it certainly shocked me well, yeah, I think it shocked everyone. It was, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. Three seconds, five seconds, or something. But that's the fighting game. You know? I mean, it, it was a, it was a beautiful name. Is and it? It's probably probably feels weird for an Oscar. He, I mean, he he probably remember to remembers that he was walking in, and he doesn't remember anymore mm. of that night. You know what I mean? Like that was basically not a fight you know he didn't get the chance to actually fight him and just got taken out like split second 
Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And like, is there any way, like, I mean, Masvidal's a guy that's been on the scene for a long, long time. My God, that man has been fighting for a long, long time. Like, I mean, is there anything mm-hmm. you can take from that late surge? Like, he's he's had two wins, two big wins, and now he's knocking on the door of a title fight. Like, I mean, do you take anything away from that that career trajectory? Like, I know you might not know Jorge uh, personally, but does, does that kind of affect a fighter when he sees that kind of guy making such a, a big statement with just pretty much two fights uh, I don't know yeah I mean I, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it too much to be honest with you but he's been doing good for himself lately he, he had a he had a nice fight uh, against Till and, and that was a big big knockout everybody was talking about it and and it's well, first time Till has been knocked out, is it? Yeah, yeah. Sure. For, for, that was his uh, yeah second loss. The first time he was being knocked out, I think it was a pretty bad yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So that that that's a big one, and 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 Till is you know the the great striker. So that's a big one, and now I'm, you know, you I know Austin, you wanted that fight with Till as Austin well, right? Was kind of lucky in that fight against Robbie Lawler. Mm. I think uh, you could probably agree on that. I mean, he he, he had to survive some shit, and then he, he got that choke, and then it, it wasn't really on. And, you know, referee thought that Robbie was out, but he wasn't out. And I don't know. I, I, I think he got an easy one out there, and he did not look good when when he stood up there after a few few crackers from Robbie. And I don't know. He looked He looked quite slow. Yes, he has. He oh, has. Yeah. Is 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 that like? I mean, I, I can remember when Ben first signed. A lot of people were talking about your grappling versus his grappling. Like, I mean, does that matchup appeal to you at all? I know it's not not really the right time to be talking about, given that Askren's just lost. But down the line, I mean, Askren says he will continue to fight. He appeared on uh, Ariel Awani's show earlier today. But I was wondering, like, w- would that appeal to you ever a fight with Askren, or is that not really on your radar at the moment? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it's a very exciting matchup, and I'd love, I'd love to fight Askren at some point. He's a, he's a great fighter, and he's he's a good grappler, and he has his his own style, and I think it'd be very interesting. Yeah, I do as well. Like, what do you think of like how do, how much do you rate his grappling in MMA? I know, like, obviously he's a fantastic wrestler, an absolute he's done, brilliant. Done pedigree. really well in MMA. Uh, his, I think his striking definitely needs a bit of a brush up, but. Uh, <laughs> On the grappling department, he's, he's very good. He's good at keeping guys down and then kind of beating on them and wearing them out and stuff. Uh, um, I don't think he has my submission skills, but uh, he's he's much more uh, decorated in wrestling. Obviously, I never competed in wrestling, so he's a decorated wrestler and he's really good in that area. And I think it'd be interesting. And, and just finally, Gunny, and, and thanks so much for your time today. Um, you know, there was all that excitement, as I said, having a legend like Thiago Alves fight you in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of the comments I saw often enough was that Alves has passed it, that Gunny's going to go through him. Like, is, is that an unhealthy way for you to look at this fight? Like, do you have to prepare for the Thiago Alves that was getting ready to fight GSP in 2009? Like, do you prepare for the best possible version of Thiago Alves when you're getting ready for these fights? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be expecting him to come out. You know, and be ready to be fit, to be strong and good. You know, uh, I always expect that from 
the guys that I'm fighting. You you expect the very best from them, and and you you deal with that. And if he's if he doesn't show up feeling good, then that's that. And, but I expect him to do. Gunnar, you're an absolute gentleman. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to see you in Copenhagen again. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be my first time. What should I do in Denmark? What What would you recommend? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Streaking. <laughs> Did you say streaking? You mean get my clothes off and run through the streets? Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, what's it called? The uh, walking street. The main walking street is probably the only place I know there, and I always. Always go there. It's like the, the kind of center. Um, other than that, I don't really. I've been there a few times. I've not really done anything, so I wouldn't. Really, <laughs> well, look, <laughs> I'll make sure I walk up the main street. That's a brilliant recommendation, Gunnar. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's a cozy place. Brilliant. Cozy place. That's what I like. I like coziness. But um. Gunnar, you're an absolute gentleman. I really can't wait to see you back in there. And thank you for giving me so much time today. Oh, thanks a lot. All the Appreciate best, my it. friend. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. And what an action-packed interview from uh, our very own Gunnar Nelson. Um, lots to say there about Thiago Alves that I didn't see coming, to be honest, before. <laughs> but um, fair play to him. I, never, um, I will never uh, criticize a man for speaking his mind. And on a man who speaks his mind... Let's welcome back in Noel McGrath. How are you, sir? I'm good, yeah. Enjoyed that one. Um, interesting from, from Gunnar, as always, putting Tiago Alves on the rack. That's it. And uh, literally trumps down him. <laughs> That's great. Um, I like a bit of that. Yeah, ah, come on. Nothing wrong with it, man. But uh, you can tell, like, there was no uh, strategy there. Like, you know, this is just, this is how he feels. He That's, speaks that's funny. Moment. He yeah. does. He, he shoots the breeze, you know, and um, yeah. got a lot more comfortable with the media over the last number of years as well. Um, yeah. And really good stuff. Enjoyed I think it. we had to understand him a bit more, to be honest, as well. I think oh, yeah. we were all kind of running at him, hoping... Everyone was like, going like he was made out to be, as you said before, this freak. And he's not. He's just a normal, yeah. chilled-out, lovely <laughs> he's guy. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. And I think fatherhood as well, obviously, sort of brings a little bit of um, calmness sometimes. For the first couple of years, anyway, till they yeah. hit the terrible twos, and then, boom, they're all fucking... They're, they're, they're mental, and their kids driving them mad. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, he's a great lad. He's a great lad. And, of course, we're approaching that five-year anniversary for the UFC Dublin show that he referenced there Mad, with the Mike King. 19th of July, isn't it? Yeah, might have something special out there. Oh, look, he's dropping some fucking Dunno. some hinters as Who well. Knows? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's take a look at this weekend's action starting on Friday night with Bellator 224, which should be available to you on Sky Sports, y'all. Um, Julia Budd and Olga Rubin for the 45 title in the main event. We're not going to run through the whole card, though, because we have got some Europeans on this bad boy SBGers yes a trio of SBGers I've got to say this is the toughest fight of Sinead Kavanagh's life going in against Leslie Smith um, Leslie a battle hardened veteran um, who's been in there with some of the best fighters in the world scrap pack she's an animal man and uh, Sinead is an animal too but you look at the experience differential there you look at the opponents Leslie's fought is this is this a big ask for Sinead yeah I think it's a huge huge ask especially obviously um, you know, what I think she lost three of her last four fights. Yeah, something like that. Um, I think Leslie was on a two-fight winning streak um, when she left the UFC and um, when her contract run out expired. Well, it she, wasn't that. If you remember, well, was, she was, was meant to fight Aspen Ladd. That's right. And then 
something happened, happened that weekend and then they were just like let's just terminate your contract so yeah um, they don't like Project Spearhead and she is heavily yeah, involved exactly. with them. <laughs> they, did, they didn't like that but listen um, Leslie Smith we know her skills you know very good in the feet great in the ground um, and just tough just as tough an old as, boot as, as, as Jesus um, yeah tough as nails and um, I just I worry for Sinead in this fight really good stand up obviously we've seen Sinead's boxing but you know, I think Leslie might be a little bit too crafty for her here. And it's an interesting one with Bellator doing here. It's like it's sort of shit or get off the pot maybe for Sinead yeah. um, because of um, obviously losing three of her last four fights. Leslie Smith's on a two-fight win streak. It's sort of, you know, if Leslie wins, it elevates her up. And if, obviously if Sinead wins, on this the flip it, side, On the flip side, it's, you know, a massive uh, risk-reward fight for her. One thing I will say to you about this, and this applies to Kiefer and Will Flurry, who we'll be hearing from later on as well. These fights are going to be very important in terms of what happens in Dublin. I mean, if, if people come away from these fights with a bad injury, it's out of the question. You're not going to be fighting yeah. in September, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, for, for Kiefer, obviously, you know... Uh, we'll just say uh, Kiefer's fighting Jonathan Gary, uh, a 13, guy who's 13, 12. 11, and 2. Um, I think he has a mixed record in Bellator. I think he's like 2 and 2, yeah. but he's scattered, you know, like he's fought here and there. Um, you know, on paper, you're looking at it straight away, and, and, and as I say often with Kiefer, when they match him, they're nearly giving him this situation where you got to win well to have people really impressed. And that's a tough situation to be putting a prospect in every time, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and like, you, Say if it was another guy that was 6-0, and all, you'd be like, well, this could be a very close fight, you know? Yeah, like, but the thing we have to ask again now is, you know, are they, are they planning something big for Kiefer going down the line? Because he's 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 had fights where we've, you know, we're expecting him to win this fight. Every fight he's had on paper, his last number of fights, especially under the Bellator banner, We've expected him to win, and he's won. I think that's a hard thing to do to a prospect. I really do because it's this constant pressure, like where you have to not only win but be impressive when you're putting them against guys like that. Well, yeah, well, 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 he should be, no, rightly so. Yeah, yeah, but it's tough as well. This guy's fought twenty five times, and Kiefer's fought yeah. six. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, no, maybe, maybe it's a test. You know, Bellator with a certain guys they do push them slowly, and you know, I've nothing, wrong, nothing no problem wrong with that. But I think if he wins this and wins this in impressive fashion, we're going to have to look at something. Um, obviously, as you said there, if he stays injury free, we're going to have to look at something big for the Dublin card because you know how long can can this go on? He's he's a popular guy. You know, Anthony, huge. Anthony, you put on social with Kiefer, massive you do, traction. Massive traction. So. You know, a big win in the States. I think it's it, it's sensible from Kiefer as well. You know, marketing-wise, he said, you know, he wanted to fight in the States. He's calling for a 160-pound division as well. Obviously, you think it's a little bit too soon in his career. He's 165 in this one, though, you know? But yeah, you know, it is interesting that they're doing that. So, um, yeah, I think it's 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 a good ploy to go over and fight there and get his brand out there and his name out there in the U.S. market. An impressive win. You know, it's set up something nicely maybe for Dublin, as you said. Yeah, um, Will Flurry takes on Antonio Doomsday Jones, a man who lost to Shaboyzin on the Contender yeah, Series. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, 7-2, and two, a tough fight for Will, who's 5-1. and one. And again, you know, um, I feel like Will got a massive pop off, off that Dublin event. Like, I feel like when you're talking about someone like Kiefer, he was always a well-known com- commodity. A lot of people are going there yeah. that night to no. see Kiefer fight. Yeah. Whereas Will came in and a lot of people are going... Who's that crazy guy with the goddamn yeah. wall, uh, the, the handlebar <laughs> Mattress, mustache? And Mattress Mick floating around him as well. Yeah, we like that's, that. that's, I was actually said that we'll Load attraction. But I, I, uh, when I think about that event, that's the first thing that pops into my head. Him and Mattress <laughs> Mick. Mattress Mick, I do. I, I, I was starstruck, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think as well for Will, you have to understand, Will is um, a very sensible lad in terms of actually reaching out to the media. He wants to do things. He wants to engage with the media. I think that's very He's important. very aware of his brand. Very yeah. aware. And as we always say, a lot of guys aren't aware mm. of their brand and how to treat us as, as journalists and, and guys who cover this sport. 
Um, Will has that down to a T and a fine art. He's reaching out to people. He's trying to make things happen. And I think that's very important. And let's be honest, you know, his last fight, he was very impressive in his last mm. fight. You know, a step up an opponent. And I think this is, again... Um, another step up an opponent. So Will is going th- about this the right way. I did, I, and I asked Will about that. I said a lot of the criticism in terms of how SBG are being matched is the fact that a lot of people don't feel like they're getting challenges, but you can't say that about Will. I put a tweet up about that, about the belt record. Will liked it. And, and you can't say that about Will because yeah. there's been a, a solid step up in his opponents the whole time. Even after he lost, he, he fought a better yeah. level opponent. Yeah, He's so an interesting cat, man. Like, I mean, I... Uh, Born I, in South Africa, isn't he? He's born in Tipperary now. Oh, <laughs> I think he's born. I think his family. He he, he moved to South Dublin though when he was very young. Yeah. So like Went to school up the road down there, uh, Wesley College. Managed to avoid all the traps of South Dublin, like yeah, the ones that you fell right the one, into. Yeah, the, the, the hoodlums yeah. around here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's a really interesting guy. I don't know if you listened to uh, Paddy Hoolan's podcast with him. Uh, it's didn't. Recent. It's really good, man. Like, and it, it's a longer form interview where you, a lot more can be mm-hmm. said and stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong. He gave me a great interview, but just a really, really complex um, dude. Lots going on. And I've always found him really interesting. Mm. You know, like... Um, Always have, but he's just. I feel like this could be a big one if he gets this done against Doomsday. It should be a big fight for him in in Dublin. But I guess with middleweight, it's tough. You know, you don't have as many yeah. guys floating around that you're automatically like when you, when you think of Bellator middleweights are going Fabian Edwards. You know what I mean? Like that's it's, it. Yeah, you know, it's you a re- crazy situation. You, you really are. And listen, that could be something out of the line as well. Yeah, don't, don't well, write I mean, that. Don't write that offer. Yeah, for, like maybe even Dublin. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I think um, I think people would be interested in that. But um, yeah. Uh, three big fights for the SBGers over there. A big night for them, without a doubt. Um, I believe there is one other European yet. Elena Kaliandao. Is that Greece? Yeah. How do you pronounce that name? Uh, um, Kaliandao. Hang on. How did he Duo. It? That is a weird one. It's, just, it's, it's a only tough twenty one. years of age and seven and two. That um, is quite a good. Elena Kaliandao. Kaliandao. Yeah. There you go. Right. Pronounced perfectly by Noel. Yeah. Uh, she's also in action at 125 against Bruno Ellen. And uh, Olga Rubin in the main event represents Israel against Julia Budd. Do, is Israel? Why, why? Israel is in Europe. No, no, no. They're in the Eurovision no. now. Yeah, there's some things like they're in, they're in UEFA and stuff like that, but they're technically Asia as far as more. Well, there you go. Cut her from the record. <laughs> Let the record show that Olga is not representing Eurovash. No. <laughs> she, she fought in Dublin here. They seem to be giving Olga a big, big push. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. She, looked, she did look good. Um, but yeah, uh, Julia Budd as well. It's, you know, that's a good, that's a good high caliber fight. It's a big there. step up, all right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I mean, are you, are you? You know, when we look at this, and you know, is it a good thing? Do you feel these lads fighting overseas and you know, getting a bit of brand exposure in the US? I know Sinead has already, but for Kiefer and Will, I think it is. It's something you know, and they're both good shit good, talkers. Good as well. Good experience for them. You and know? They're good in the mic. If they get big wins and jump out in the mic and say something, you know, it's it is. They're memorable cats. They do it, Amari. You know, even Sinead is like when Sinead yeah, is on course. song, she's she's really Brilliant. really impressive. But I just think that's a very tough fight. Yeah. But again, as you say, risk reward. Yeah. If she ends up coming away with her hand raised, Definitely. huge huge. Um, we've got a few Europeans in action on uh, Saturday night. I believe is it Saturday night? Yeah, UFC card. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, big L card there, and it's topped by Jermaine Duranami of uh, Holland, of course. Um, what do you? I like this fight. Like, I mean, it is interesting. Like, I remember there was a lot of controversy around it. Like, th- is this good enough to be a main event of a card? It might not be, but um, certainly interesting with Aspen Lad undefeated against Durandami, who's been a spoiler. 
mm. in her career before, you know. Um, what way do you see that going? Like, I feel like it, it's they've go, tough, go, got big advantages in their weak areas. You know, like, obviously, you're going to be looking at Jermaine Durandamy as way better striking yeah. than Aspen Ladd, but Aspen Ladd's like a, a blanket when she's on top of you, you know? Aspen Ladd is your prime example. She's like a Rory McDonald-type specimen of the women's division in terms of that she is your complete all-round mixed martial arts. She trains martial arts. She's one of that younger generation that have come through like that, learned, you know, tricks from everywhere. She's a jack of all trades and she's a really, she's really good stand-up as well, man. But obviously, known Jermaine Durandami, you know, her kickboxing background, um, absolutely fantastic fighter on a four-fight win streak, I believe it is as well. So, like, you know, former UFC featherweight champion got stripped, never actually lost the title in, in combat. So it is, it's a tough one for Aspen Lab, but it's maybe a little bit like, they're going, right, Aspen Ladd is this good. She's this young. We've seen her in Victa. She's come through, you know, flying colours in her first few UFC fights. She was obviously supposed to fight um, Holly Holm. That fight fell out. Um, so she's been put into this event against, um, um, oh, Jesus, Jermaine de Randami. So I feel this one is another one a little bit like that from the UFC's point of view where they're going, right, if Jermaine de Randami wins this fight, she's five straight. Maybe let's have a little look at her and Nunes, um, potentially. And then if Aspen Ladd wins, we have a young up-and-coming lady here who's proven she can take out the big guns in the division and a really, really big name in Jermaine Durandami. And she's like going to get this push up towards that sort of level of stardom as well. So I think it opens up options for the UFC as well, definitely. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uriah Faber makes his return in the co-main event. That's a tough fight for Uriah, man. Yeah, um, Ricky Simone's I, class. I don't really see the point of them coming back. You know, I don't. Um, I, I just don't. Um, it's just a hunger, man. Some of these guys just can't step away, and I think even when he's he's been away for a long time. You know, yeah. like that's that's what I can't really get over. And he seems to be like, you know, a big part in a lot of young guys' careers, like Yadong Song yeah, that we mentioned earlier. Like he's in his corner, and um, you know, even Sage Norco, guys like this, and now he's coming back. It's like, do you need to do this, man? You know no, what I mean? That's he, the way I'm, I'm looking at it anyway. He doesn't at all, but it, it, he's one of these guys, man, that I just don't think... He, I think he's so, um, obviously, involved in the sport from a day-to-day basis with likes of the guys you said, Cody So he's Garibrand like, I may as, as well, well be fighting. <laughs> that's, no, generally, that's what I was, I was literally about to say. I might as well be fighting. And it's very hard to, to step away from that, the competitive edge. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that's what he is. But listen, man, I, I, I don't like this fight from either. I think, you know, Ricky Simone's a, a guy that I've, I've seen when he was in his time with, uh, I think, Titan FC as well. Mm. And uh, I think it's Ronnie Yaya. He's coming off a win against. Is that correct? I'll just check that now. Yes, Ronnie Yaha um, at UFC 234 yeah. uh, in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, this guy, this guy's, is he lost a fight? He's lost one fight, um, you know, on a, I think, eight fight win streak or something like that. Certainly so. not a gimme. Um, I am most interested in Josh MFV Mirsad Bektic Eurobone uh, Bosnia the fighting pro of Bosnia fighter. Yeah. Um, obviously he's back to action now um, he had to pull out of that pivotal fight there earlier this year um, we were talking to him beforehand what fight was that he was he, was, he had a big fight who uh, Mirsad and he had to pull out of it uh, Hernando Moicano oh yeah yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. Geez, that was last year that was in December of last year holy he, shit and like you've said this before about uh, Mirsad that's his one thing it's like he's, he's injured a lot he's and it's from that wrestling so like, you know when you've been wrestling your whole life your, your body's in tatters he's, it a, really he's is. a dogged wrestler man the guy's a beast but yeah it's that's really been the frustrating thing for Mirsad Bektic if Mirsad like, he's I only had he, one loss that crazy fight with Elkins yeah, like. yeah that was the only fight and he was dominating that fight up until that point and listen, Elkins just pulled that fight out of the bloody bag to win that. 
Um, you know, th- th- this is, you know, if you look at his record and you look at the lack of fights that he's had over his period of time in the promotion, there's been real no level of consistency getting three, four fights in a year. I think last year was probably his best year where he's got two in and that's the first time he's got in two um, since the Paul Redmond fight, which is, you know, quite a long way back as far as I'm aware. Yeah, 2015. No, we got t- 2013, sorry. 15. Was it 15? Was yeah. it all right? Okay. So, yeah, like that's that's fucking crazy, man. And you want to make a push in the division or like the featherweight division, you need to be fighting more often than that. But, but that's a good, man, to fight Josh <coughs> Emmett, that's a big yeah, name no, in that yeah, division. It is. And uh, Josh Emmett obviously got back to winning ways Michael after Johnson. that devastating knockout he suffered yeah. to uh, Jeremy, J- J- Jeremy Stevens. He knocked out Johnson. It's a pivotal fight for that division, I feel. I really oh, ma- massively. And I think, you know, you've, you've, you've a contender emerging here and more likely. Um, at the moment, um, in the division, the way it's gone, we obviously have the, the fight book between Frankie Edgar and um, Max Holloway. But this one is a it, it, the winner of this man. You know they're they're not far off. Maybe one more fight away, probably from getting a title shot. So there's a lot on the line here. That's, I, I think a lot for Bektich as well. Um, Marvin Vittori will be back in action for the first time since that USADA suspension. You'll remember Marvin yeah. was on the show a while ago speaking to us about that. He was one of those four names that basically USADA struck from the record. <laughs> basically to say, like, these guys have been tainted. Uh, massive stumbling block in his career for such a young man from Italy, of course. But uh, no jokes, straight up. He's in there against Cesar Ferrara on the yeah, way back. So that is, that is a big, big fight for him too. And, and I feel like, you know... Marvin Marvin did well against Adesanya. A lot of people yeah. forget that. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I still see uh, Italian reporters going, don't at me. Marvin Vittori bet Israel yeah. Adesanya. Yeah. Like, it was a very close well, fight. Well, like, people... If probably gave him the best go next to Calvin Gaslam, you yeah, know? No, easily, yeah. He's about to say that to you. Like, um, in terms of that fight, you know, there was a lot of people... Um, there was a bit of a backlash towards mm. Israel Adesanya after was, that yeah. fight. It's yeah. amazing to see how far he's come. Really. It is. It really is crazy. It's only um, the second fight in the UFC, I believe. Yeah, it was, and he was obviously. You know, we thought you know, give the guy a break. He was. He took, took. You know, got a victory over a tough guy like Martin Vittori, and obviously not his best performance in the world. But like Martin hung in there, actually, in that fight. Or Marvin, sorry, Jesus Marvin. Jesus Christ, starving Marvin. <laughs> He's definitely not starving, man. He is hinged, that man. <laughs> but uh, looking through the card here, uh, Juliana Pena versus Nico Montana. Very interesting to see Nico returning. She was one of the four names as well. That's a huge that fight, man, in that division. What about well. Ryan Hall against Darren Elkins? Ryan Hall, who fights once in a, every five years. But Darren Elkins and Ryan Hall is on the undercard of this. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. It doesn't really matter because they're both in the same channel. Like, Nothing really matters. That is a really high-level fight, and it's a good fight. Um, you know, It's good to see that Ryan's going to get some... Um, what, that's two fights in a year is that right did he fight BJ Penn this year <laughs> holy god calm down Ryan Jesus, he did yeah, yourself an he injury did. he didn't fight from 2016 before that so listen no, Ryan's obviously an excellent elite level Jiu Jitsu um, guy and um, you'd, you'd, you'd have to sort of favour him in this one I think yeah you definitely have like to. man if he can he can pull off that shit like you know just get anyone to the ground you're fucking deep trouble with this guy and listen Darren Elkins is a beast of a man but um, when when Ryan um, takes to the ground, he might be breaking your legs. He might be able to get back up. And I think that could be possibly the outcome on Saturday night. I'd say he's probably watched a lot of my footage from back in the day. Probably the floating seals you yeah, did too. Um, it's obvious when you see that. We're getting that, bringing that back, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to start marking for you and we're going we're gonna to fuck shit up. <laughs> you have me battered yeah, by fucking yeah. somebody. In I'm some going to sell it to everyone. And then we're going to, what's going to happen is they're going to want to do a show. It's going to be like fucking Cobra Kai if you've watched any of that. And uh <laughs> on uh, on YouTube, I'd highly recommend it. By the way, it's class. It's, have you ever seen it? Yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's deadly. Real Fucking cheesy. Nice. I love oh, it, cheesy is brilliant. But the Karate Kid was a, was was a nasty piece of work. Well, look, Danny, uh, what's his name? The Karate Kid, the original guy. 
Danny, what's his name? Danny LaRusso. Yes. Right. Well, let's move on <laughs> to the... talking uh, fucking brain. Let's move on to the third <laughs> interview of the day. It's the man I told you about already. It's Will Flurry. Great to speak to Will. Is this his Eurobash debut, actually, is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Too long we've been waiting on that man. Uh, great to speak to him. He's a great lad, and I'm looking forward to seeing him fight this weekend. One of three SBG fighters uh, that goes to Thackerville looking for a win. So we'll speak to Will, and we'll be back in about 15 to talk some brown. And now we are finally joined by the raw bastard himself, Will fucking Flurry, one of the greatest ring names in all of the sport. Will, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Very good, man. That sounds like a very low beat good to me. You're usually pumped up full of it. Is it just all the travel that's ahead of you? You're taking off tomorrow, right? I am indeed, yeah. Tomorrow morning at 10 past 7. Uh, so I'll be in the airport for about half four. Oh, lovely. Should be lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like, I'm calm and ready to kill, basically. Like, you know, calm and kind of at peace with the fact that we're going to war now. So just trying to chill out a little bit. I've been very excited now the last week or so since this has all been announced and kind of been building up. Um, it's obviously a huge opportunity ahead of me, so pumped, but trying to keep myself pretty chill for now. Yes, and of course, you're going to be taking on Antonio Jones in Tackerville on Friday at that Beltar 2-2-4 card. And yeah, just as you said there, Will, this, this kind of came about quite late. I mean, we got to know about it quite late, quite close to the fight date. Have you just been, uh, were you told basically prepare for this date and you had a full camp? It was just the opponent that came later? It, it was kind of vague information. So first off, I was told you might get London. And I started preparing for London. And then it was, if we don't get you on London, you might get a pullout slot. If there's a pullout, you're our first guy. And then it became, uh, look, July 12th, you're definitely on that. And they had an opponent. Then they didn't have an opponent. So even the Americans bitch out on Will Fleury. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then this guy only got confirmed two, three weeks ago. So it's a 190 catch weight for him instead of a 185 because he's a fat fuck, obviously, and can't make the weight. But uh, yeah, like it's only been confirmed and solidified in the last two and a half weeks, but it's been on the cards for about 10 weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will. Is this your U.S. debut? Because I know you fought all over the place, but is this the first time you're going to be complete, competing on U.S. soil, or am I mistaken? Yeah, first time in America, man. And it's big to me. Like, I know I've been a few places. Like, I've been down in South Africa and Jordan and whatever, but, like, America is different. It's special, like, you know, and I feel like it's a huge opportunity for me now. Yeah, it's it, this catchweight. I just noticed, obviously, you're not uh, speaking about your opponent in glowing terms there. Is that annoying? I was there for your last fight uh, in Dublin when, when your opponent missed weight, and you were pissed off. Like, I mean, there was a bit of a, a back and forth in the hall. You were talking to the media there. At least this Falcon said he's going to come in as a fat fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the sort of prior warning is, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he doesn't have me starving myself and then showing up like, oh, no, I'm five pounds over or whatever. Um I don't mind. Look, it's grand. It just means I can eat a little bit better for the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's not that much of an ordeal once you know in advance. No, nah, like, look, at least he gave us a heads up this time. That's grand. Absolutely. Now, I've got to say... I've already taken the piss out of him and called him a fat on. Like, look, you know, he's a half-decent fighter. He can show up. And he can do his damage. Like, and he's got to be respected. Like... <laughs> right, right, right. I've got to say, Will, um, some, there was some complaints, right, about 
how the SPG fighters are being matched, but definitely not towards you. When you look at the, the fights you've taken on since you've signed for Bellator, these are really good opponents. They've got good records. I mean, do you feel as though that's warranted, what people are saying about some of your teammates, that maybe they aren't getting the, the big tests uh, compared to you anyway? Well, man, look, all I can do is beat the crap out of whoever's in front of me, and I want to be the best you know, in my division. And you don't get to that point without beating high-quality guys. So every time I'm asked, like, what do you want? What do you? I'm like, get me the best guy you can get me. And that is the genuine fucking answer. A lot of people are out there saying, oh, I want to fight this guy. I don't refuse anybody. I genuinely don't. I want, like, high-level competition. I want to get in against the best guys, see what I can do against them. I believe I'm fucking extremely good at this. I've proved to myself, you know, plenty of times that I am extremely good at this. So give me the chance to show that. I want the chance to show that on a big stage. And this is the opportunity I have now next Friday. So it's about, I suppose, you know, me just focusing on me and smashing what's in front of me every time, like... Yeah, and I gotta say, most people might know uh, Antonio just from his appearance on uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series. That would have been his most prominent appearance internationally so far. But what what have you learned about this guy on such short notice? Do you even do do you spend a lot of time on that when this is kind of dropped on you at the eleventh hour? Yeah, I've had a good look at him. Like, um, it's generally speaking, the last two three weeks I do my major research mm-hmm. anyway because up to that point you don't know if this guy's going to show up. I've had more guys not show up than I have show up. So like it's kind of pointless doing research on somebody eight weeks out and then boom, it's a totally different guy on the day. And that like, I didn't look at the first guy, the Simone guy that I got offered until like a week before he pulled out. So I was doing a week of kind of drilling and researching him. Then this guy Antonio came on board and I was like, okay, this guy's probably going to show up. He's taking a short notice. He's not going to take a short notice and pull out. So I've had a good look off him. Yeah. And like he was Fury FC champion. He's legit. He's got a big overhand and he's got a half decent set. But like, look, I've been training for nine years, man. I'm a quality martial artist and I want to get in there and prove that. So I'm going to pick Antonio apart and make a show of it. Like. The one thing that I'm thinking about here as you go into this is what happens with the Dublin card? September 27th, you had a huge performance last time. We had that brilliant moment with Mattress Mick backstage. I love that. <laughs> no, but it was great, you know? It's just it's one of yeah, those things. Yeah, quality, it yeah. sticks in my head. As soon as I think about that card, I think about you two guys backstage. And, um, you know, a lot of people are getting behind you. Is there a worry that, like, you know, you could pick up a knock here and maybe not compete on that September 27th card? I mean, it is quite close, right? Yeah, and look, I, I'm not God. I don't dictate these things. Are you but, sure? Uh, uh, close enough. But I'm getting there, VT. I'm getting there. Give me some time, all right? Um, I've got Jesus status right now. And, you know, I'm waiting for the God character to arrive. Look at us blaspheming but, on the podcast. This is fantastic. Um, but basically, look, it's a risk, or it's a risk I'm willing to take. Um, and like, I think you have to get out there and you have to try and like be active as as active as you can. I don't want to fight twice a year. Like, um, and if say something terrible does happen, let's say I fucking smash Antonio and break my hand off him. And you know, I can't fight in Dublin. I'd still rather have done it this way than not taking my chances, man. This is the game we're in. Like, Mm. you know, there's risk involved in everything we do, you know? So get in there and keep risking, keep putting your balls in the line and keep going for it. Like, and that's what I'm doing. (laughs) So like, Look, man, I, like, I just feel like something special is going on in my head at the moment where I'm just like, I'm up for everything. I feel like every challenge is one I can smash. So let's get Antonio in front of me. Let's see what I can do with him. And then afterwards, I'll have a few names in my mind and 
hopefully we'll get them over to Dublin. Yeah, and I gotta respect that uh, that attitude will completely. And and yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like this could pay off a lot as well if you go over there and, and get a viral stoppage or or you you have a performance that gains a lot of traction. That that can parlay into an even bigger matchup in Dublin. Obviously, is that the way you're thinking about it? Yeah, like look, I think there is a recognition out there that if you're looking for legit fighters, Will Flurry's your guy. Like, um, and even like you look at the reaction of the crowd in Dublin that night. Amazing. I was pretty overwhelmed by it. Like, it was great. It was fucking, you know, like they're putting me like fifth fight on the prelims, and you're kind of thinking, oh, they must think I'm a fucking bum or something. <laughs> and then you come out and you get this, like, you know, you get a huge reception off the crowd. You go and you beat probably the most legit fighter or like the most legit opponent that anybody had on that card. And you beat him like that. So I'm like, I'm expecting to be a little bit higher up the card. And to be honest, man, even if I'm not, just put somebody legit in front of me and watch me smash him again and watch me keep doing that. And then we'll see where I am like. Yes, yes. And and as you said, the Dublin crowd, something I only uh, learned about you recently was was the fact you went to school in South Dublin, right? I heard you on uh, did indeed, yeah. Paddy Hoolan's No Shame podcast. And for any of you guys that are interested in Will or Irish fighters, you got to check this episode out. Um, amazing to hear you speaking in that kind of open environment, Will. It seems like uh, mentally you, sure. you're, you're switched on on a, on a completely di- different level now. When I hear about the way you think and the way you look at this game, I have to say I was really impressed and there's a really original way to look at things, I have to say. Is that something yeah, new? Is that something No, new? I don't think so at all. Like, I think like I've been like this for a long time, man. And like, again, character is not a fixed thing, you know? You, mm. you work for who you are every day of the week. But like, I think, by overcoming adversity on a regular basis, you kind of develop a level of like, I don't know, just great and character. You know, there's something deeper in there and you kind of know fundamentally what you are and how you react to things. Um, and over the last kind of five years, I suppose, I've just been, oh, look, if I get the chance, I will smash the chance. And the one really disappointing thing, I suppose, was Rome because mm-hmm. Rome was my big chance. And I let that fucking slip away from me by having a shit attitude on the night. And by just being a little bit complacent, like, honestly, I feel like I've been a world beater for about five, six years. It's on me to get out and prove that now. I have the opportunity again. I obviously smashed that opportunity in Dublin. That was fantastic. But still, I let it slip once. I really, really don't want to let that slip again. And I feel like this time around, I am a little bit more, I suppose, vicious isn't the word really. But like, there's definitely an awareness. Like, I'd never known what it felt like to be the guy with your head hung low the morning after Mm. whereas now i know what that feeling is and i never ever want to be there again so there's kind of an awareness of what the reality of this game can be and i think that's gonna just you know make me that little bit more primal on the night and that like i've carried that attitude from fear into fights as in the fear has made me like that primal guy that night in rome i just felt like ah you're a better fighter you're gonna get in and smash this guy regardless and there wasn't that level of like, you need to get rid of this guy because he could fuck you. Right. Whereas now, look, Antonio Jones is a legit threat. I know this guy could be getting the better of me on that night, but I'm not going to fucking let that happen, man. I've worked way too hard to let that happen. So, yeah, like, look, it's just like the mentality towards fighting, it's something that'll develop over time by putting yourself in tough situations and getting your ass whooped a few times. Like I was over in London shoot, get my ass whooped for years. Like, <laughs> and uh, I think it did me the world of good, to be honest, like, because 
you go through sparring sessions like like we wouldn't even know what day we were sparring over there sometimes like you just get called off the mats and you're in the cage with mvp Jesus. and you're surviving as best you can like <laughs> um but i do like i really think like i can't thank those guys enough for that stuff even though at the time i was like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> like um it just gives you a kind of a level of self-respect and a level of mental hardness that i feel like now i can reap the rewards for that like and i have a long time left in this game man and look Bellator have provided a platform for us and I think it's fantastic. Like we're gonna get to fight in Dublin again this year, hopefully twice next year as well. I'm hoping to get a fight in December as well. Egypt, like this whole thing feels like a massive opportunity now. And I'm the guy to take that opportunity. Do you think um like I, I you might you might have talked to Paddy about this, um but um I, I was kinda of thinking like the fact that you are kinda of pulled out of your environment and thrown into South Dublin, the craziest place in the world as, as a Northsider, I have to say that. But, um, you know, you, when you go over there, I mean, do you, do you find that that allowed you to kind of relish being uncomfortable? Like, you're, you're able to thrive in those kind of environments because it's been happening to you since you're so young. Yeah, and look, I've lived in, I think it's 38 different houses in the last 10 years. Fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, like... That's I've insane, had a bit of a, man. That's yeah, crazy. it is mental, like... Like, I go on Amazon to buy something, and the amount of suggestive addresses that come up is ridiculous. Like, um, oh so, like, I've never really had a settled environment. I've given up a lot, a lot of things in my life to follow, like, this passion of mine and pursue this sport and, you know, embrace challenge. Um, and at times, like, it's been pretty grim. Like, I've, you know, I've been in tough situations financially, and I've been in tough situations, like, emotionally as well, with things I've had. Like, I've had to leave a girlfriend in London five years ago as well to pursue all this and you know it's been it's been a mad journey but like i think yeah having that sort of like even like non-fighting based adversity is really good for your character in a way because you constantly have to assess like look this is what you want out of this is it worth that much to you and then be logical about that as well and say like okay why am i pursuing this so much but i've always felt like look you're a better man for doing all of this you're a better man for trying to get in and put like embrace that challenge and fight another guy across the gate, you know and i was doing this when it was 200 quid or 300 quid being offered like so um now i'm just delighted that it's proper money and i'm can you know i can pay money like my rent and my gaff and i can you know i can be like okay i'll be here for the next six months i'll be here for the next eight months but you know it's still like it's fresh in my memory all of that stuff man and it's not too far from where i'm happening again if you don't like if i let this slip you might be straight back to that sort of crap and I don't want to be there again, man. So yeah, like I suppose it's, it's real, like it's raw, this whole thing. And that's why I'm the raw bastard. (laughs) That's an amazing story, man. It really is. It feels like you're like an onion. The more we peel back these layers, Will, the more we learn. What a metaphor for me, by the way. I think everybody, everybody has a character, like as in, you know, there's a reason why anybody's involved in this sport. And it's generally like, you don't get here by being normal, like, and the situations that occur to make anyone a fighter are probably pretty interesting, like, mm. and I think most guys, like, it's how comfortably I are revealing that stuff, and, like, oh, I don't want to get too deep into my personal <laughs> life and all the shit that's happening, I've probably even just gone a bit too fucking mad being, like, no, this oh, is I great. broke up with a girl over in London, like, and this she might brilliant. even listen to this, and then it's awkward as fuck, and she might text me or whatever, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, i'm loving it (laughs) Um, yeah like it's just i suppose yeah be like be comfortable with what you are and be comfortable with yourself i suppose absolutely i I got one one final one for you will like i mean 
you know, you, you said there, you, it seems to me that you're a guy that has a clear roadmap in his head. Like, you're talking about these dates. I want to fight in December. We're going to have a fight in, uh, I want to fight in Dublin. I want to fight in Dublin two times next year. Like, are you thinking about a certain person? Like, do you have a name on the tip of your tongue that you would like to call for that hometown I card? I do indeed, but I'll save that for Friday night. Really, yeah? Do you, do, do yeah. you think it's going to be one that um, resonates with the fan base anyway? you think people will be excited about it? Um, I hope so. Now, look. This is the thing. It depends how I smash Antonio. Uh, and I have a couple of options in my own mind anyway. So if you I'm submit gonna... him, it's going to be one guy. If you knock him out, it's going to be another guy. This is very interesting. Kind of. Kind of wow. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, never heard of this before. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, uh, like, I think it's just like the story works better in different ways then. So we'll see. Like, look, I'll tell you all about it afterwards. <laughs> that's brilliant, man. I'm looking forward to this. Now, that's even a, it's a new level of intrigue again. Um, but that that's great, Will. And uh, best luck to you, Kiefer and Sinead, who are all fighting on that card. And absolute pleasure to speak to you, my friend. Cheers, man. Thanks, man. All Appreciate the best. Bye-bye. And we are back. Um... What a, what a week of interviews. What another brilliant show we have. Unbelievable. Oh, shit. We're just the best ever. <laughs> um, thanks very much to Will Flurry. Very entertaining uh, guy, man, as I said. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. I could have talked to him for an hour more. But what did he say after them? I'm the best fucking man. And the intensity of the, the facial hair uh, really speaks to me in those moments because I couldn't grow a piece that fucking beautiful. It's uh, There's no patches in that shit. Listen, I could, mate, so I'm not going to... You couldn't grow one as strong as Will. Oh, you fucking taking the piss. I can see bits here. Mate, there's no way. There's no way you could grow 100%. something like that. 100%. Like, look at me. Oh, this is like, no, after, this part this here, is like two weeks. You, you've, weak, you've weak around the, the end of the mustache. I'm yeah, yeah, a bit weak with that. But, um, Jesus, look, I, I just have a high, high uh, opinion when it comes to facial hair. Um, but <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the end of the show, Noel. Can I just pull you up on something you said while we weren't recording that yeah. kind of stuck out to me? This is the second time in a number of weeks that you have referenced Love Island when you're speaking to me. What in the name of God are you watching that show for? Uh, why am I watching it? <laughs> he hasn't even thought about um, this until I now. I haven't. No, you've got me off guard here. Um, should we don't listen. When do we ever really talk about shit bar fights? Um, In the last segment of Eurobash every week. <laughs> that is, so I didn't t- think you'd throw the, the old L.I. at me. But Yeah, I mean, like, I told my missus. I'll tell you why I, I told it. Elaine, I was like, Noel watches shit. Love Island. It's fucking crap. And it's good TV. It's it, it's just interesting. I'll probably watch it for Lucy alone. She's, I think, listen, Don't know who any of these people are. Lucy is just unbelievably hot. Um, Bloke? No. Oh, sorry. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, sorry. Right, so, uh, if anyone wants to get this sort of vibe going, that, like, I'm looking for a few dates for weddings that are coming up. <laughs> so, you can just bang it out there. If Lucy gets fucked out of Love Island, she can come to a wedding with me and we'll, we'll, we'll hook that up. So, that someone, could be someone, someone get that tweet, tweet going. I'm too shy to put it out there. But someone wants to tag Lucy in it and make it go viral. Cool. Yeah, I'm that, all down for that shit. We can all do that. There's no problem with well, that. Yeah, work away. Do it, please. But, um, yeah, I just had to bring that up to you. I was a bit shocked by that. Um, you know, would you say that watching Love Island goes hand in hand with being on Tinder. Like, it's kind of like Shut one of these things. She's awesome. Because I, I think your type of girl is an shit. Instagram model. We need this shit in video. Like, if you see you're a smug little <laughs> fucking crane in the corner there. You're, love fucking, love's putting a shtick in the air pot to stir it. He's um, definitely, his type is Instagram model. That's what I'd say Noel's type is. Yeah. Is that fair enough? I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you're probably you are right. Shoot high, like I am right. Your standard Instagram male model. I'm your like third division Sunday league fucking <laughs> team. And as I've always said, and people, this is an original Lyle <laughs> McGrath line. What happens in the FA Cup the odd time, Peter? You get a cup shock. 
So <laughs> I'm, one of, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I could be like, you know, Bath FC football club and you might get the odd shock against the we pre- all, we're all cheering against for pre- Premier League opposition, the likes of Huddersfield or something like that. So, yeah. It, I you know, love it. It does happen. I love that. It does happen. That's brilliant. I never yeah. thought about it that way. I'm a cup shocker. That's what I say. <laughs> I've always, you know, I've had one or two in there. You know, he's going to have a shock. He's like, what? He's like, what? No Amazing. way. Oh, Amazing. That, that happened, yeah. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Who, like, do you, is, is Tyson Fury's brother going to win it? He's very nah, handsome. Well, they're sort of. He's a good looking lad. He is. You'd have a dope, though. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't watched it, but. He's not the sharpest tail in the box, but. I saw a picture of him. Elaine showed me a picture of him half naked, and I was like, well, looks a bit like myself. Listen, you're definitely watching the show if Elaine's watching the show. No, she hasn't. She doesn't yeah. watch it. She watches it when I do the show on Mondays. Yeah. That's when she watches mm, it. Yeah, I wouldn't say Elaine would be a man fucking love Ireland. I think if I wasn't in the scene, like, I think in an alternate universe where you and Elaine are going out with each other, you're watching it every night. It's yeah. trash TV. Like, it's rubbish. It's just. But, Elaine watches, Elaine watches like the Kardashians to turn her brain off. It's like, yeah. she's not even watching the TV. You know what I am? On. I'll tell you what they do do. Their fucking camera work is absolutely fabulous. Is it? Yeah, I watch it and I go, well, See, that's do? what he's doing. He's studying the game. But that's what I do. Even when I'm watching <laughs> TV, you just right? Right. I, I did an interview with Paul Redman last week and my fucking, the sound isn't atrocious by any means, but the sound wasn't great off the Zoom. There's, my, there's a crack in the side of my Zoom and it's been... Do you want to get me up to do been, a sound for you next yeah, time? Yeah, I will. But it's been really annoying me and I just don't have the money to buy a fucking new because they're 500 quid, but it's just an, it really annoyed me it was grand like but you know I, I actually watch TV like that's the weird thing I'd be watching I go that camera shot is shit like, I think like that which is mad no, and I wouldn't I have thought like that years ago I don't have a highbrow for, for that kind of stuff but it's just weird but no I watch, just... the, I watch it solely for the camera angles <laughs> <laughs> well that makes sense it makes sense um, yeah so uh... how was your weekend speaking of the mic please Oh yeah, it's good. Just working all the time as usual. Um, I had a busy weekend. Sa- yeah. Saturday night. Saturday. Every was day tough. is busy. There's no days off. Yeah, Saturday it's, was tough. It's um, that kind of world. But um, yeah, that thing coming out with Paul soon. So yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, man. it was thirty minutes. Just we sort of went through everything, like as in terms of you know his career, and then obviously talked about Dublin and stuff yeah. like that, and you know. Typical Paul Humble as always, you know, oh, I don't know about the main... People want to see this guy in the main card, and I think it's it's very important that he gets the recognition now, because let's be honest, if Paul's 33, 34, like he is, he's getting to the... the well, do you know what? Bellator need the to learn stage from the, the criticisms of the force card. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. Um, and, and look, I think they have. From what you've said, like, the, these fighters are being matched in more competitive bouts. Yeah. And I, like, I, I think I agree with that much straight away. So I do, maybe they are going to learn and they are going to put uh, Reds are rightfully on the Can I bring card. up something? And I, I, it was just something that happened on Saturday in terms of having a little bit of chat on Twitter with a couple of people. And, um, you know, in terms of the Irish scene, you know, what, what are we to do here in terms of this one show that's coming here the whole time? Mm-hmm. And it really is getting to a point now, you know, with Paul Hughes, who'd nine pullouts, can't get a fight. Uh, actually, you know, mm-hmm. he, he Titan FC actually offered him a fight as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And um, there was something, obviously, I don't think the money was right or whatever um, in so, some situations. But Paul has to look to go over to the US. The guy is 2-0. You know, what what's going on here, Pete? It's the we, scene. We, the we scene stuff. The we, scene has been uh, kind of hindered demolished. by the amount of uh, the, the restrictions that are put in place. There's restrictions on everything. It's very expensive to put on an event there. And I think something that underlines that is the fact that John Kavanagh is putting on an event in Manchester in October. Instead yeah, of, like, this is the guy, this is the head of uh, Emma. And a lot of people are annoyed about that. Like, I got a lot of phone calls yeah, that yeah, week. It didn't, even, it didn't even register with me, really, until people started calling mm. me about it. Um, you know, you'd have to pick John's brain about that. I you know, haven't spoke to him about it. But um, look, I've said this many, many times. Um, 
we wanted to report on this. Uh, we we several blockages Half were put in our way. Yeah. It's very hard to sell a publication on this idea, given the lack of uh, back and forth we were given the first time around. And that, look, they want that coverage, but very hard to to cover this properly now, given my time away from it. Well, where are Bellator getting the money then to put on these shows? They've they bottom the spit of money. They've they've uh, Viacom there. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, would the UFC not take a you know a hit and? And do it, or you know, well, the I think, other I think they were going to do it last year, but they didn't realize the situation was going down. And then when they went to book it, they were kind of like, Well, this is going to take a lot more logistically than we thought of. We could just go to Liverpool, yeah. and that made perfect sense at the time with Darren Hill. So, I mean, like, that's going to be a hindrance to promotions coming here. Like, I can remember KSW had some issues when they came mm-hmm. over here, like, they, they were. They spent a lot of money putting on an event here, and then you know there was several late late notice yeah. pullouts and stuff like Cage that. Cage Warriors card was demolished yeah, overnight. Like, it's it's just it's very tough, um, and it isn't what it used to be. Like this is the main thing I always say about it. We have those legendary nights in Irish MMA, and you know that was that was kind of the end work of of years and years of hard work on our regional scene. But the regional scene that created Neil Siri, Conor McGregor, Cole Hendred, Paddy Hoolan. Chris Fields, Ashing Daly, Ryan, Ryan, like um, Owen Ruddy, all these guys and many, many more of them. That scene isn't there anymore, and that's a big problem. And that's a big problem for kids who are starting mm. off in the sport over here. Something needs to be addressed there. There needs to be regional that's, events put you know, on. That, that, you know, you know when you, when when Cole and and Paddy and everything happened with the UFC, people think they just showed up in the UFC that day and then they were legends. Yeah, of course. They've been building their brand for years. for years and years and years on this scene. And we were all there with them, which made it so magical. And there was fan base there that had been there from their early fights that this was a big moment for them. It's going to be very hard to create that kind of magic again over here. Uh, credit to Bellator. They're putting on the most events over here. Cage Legacy do regional yeah. events. But it's not nearly on the same level, lads. I used to not have any weekend off away from travel, basically. I used yeah, to be going yeah, all over yeah, the place yeah, yeah. trying to watch these fights. Um, so, yeah, it's not the same. It's definitely nowhere near the same. And it's a tougher environment now for uh, our fledgling pros. Um, who really got a leg up from that UFC Dublin show five years ago where everybody wanted Irish fighters. And now it's getting tougher and tougher for us to produce them with our original scene. I don't understand why it's going down particularly. <coughs> I know that the medical restrictions that are in place aren't helping the situation. <clears throat> but at the same time, when it's it's in, it's in national news and there's court hearings about a guy who suffered a death in an MMA fight, there are always going to be uh, ramifications to that, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, you know, the one thing that I want to ch- chime in there is, uh, you said it, you know, it's so hard trying to get information mm-hmm. out of anyone. Um, well, that's, it seems to be uh, far coming with it now, but unfortunately the publications aren't there anymore, you know? Yeah, but, you know, th- they're not reaching out, and I think something needs to be done. Maybe even, you know, going to, um, you know, IMAF and seeing the situation, their relationship is with IMAF, is, is it going in the right direction? I don't know. I'm very worried about it. But they're definitely backing each other. IMAF yeah. and IMAF, they're, yeah, they're basically the same thing. So yeah. Yeah, um, but but it'd just be interesting to see because, you know, you just get the feeling that everything's sort of aimed towards, you know, Bellator with John Kavanagh and that, you know, there's nothing else really happening outside. And that's mm. the real worrying thing that maybe he's just gone, fuck, you know, I'm focused on, on Bellator because they're putting on fights on a regular basis here and nothing else outside that really matters to him. So that's my worry and I don't really know where we go from here because, you know, we need the likes of Cage Warriors back. We need KSW here on a regular basis with the Polish community. We were there in the three arena, six, seven thousand Polish people in, in Dublin. Sell out. Uh, it was a sellout, yeah. yeah. We, we need these other events like Brave. We need them in the Republic to keep this scene thriving. Like, it's very, very sad when you see a guy like Paul Hughes, he's like 22, having to go off to, to the States and fight. Like, crazy mm-hmm. shit, man. Crazy. Yeah, 100%, 100%, all of that stuff and more. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wish we had more info on it. I'm actually going to get Andy on one of the days so we can speak cool. about it. Um, but that's all she wrote, guys. Um, that's everything I have to... Paul Pogba can f- fucking sling his hook as well. Cardi's he- head to Australia yeah, to go to the preseason. He's a fight with Jesse Lingard apparently today in Australia. Pay good money yeah, to watch that. Yeah. So. wonder if it was a flying knee. I don't think there's any flying knees, but <laughs> there was a bit of po- a portion and shove him, but uh, I hope oh. Jesse told him to go sling his hook and fuck off. Jesus. Right, that's well, not a nice way to end the show. I'm sorry. Um, Love look, you all. Just let's get behind Noel um, going on a date with but this Lucy. girl from Love Island. Lucy. To do it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, 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 yeah, he, he might go out. She likes that surfer look. I actually have that surfer, surfer look today. I don't yeah, know if the hat on. Surfer, yeah. I do, yeah. And the, the trim, <laughs> the trim body as well. Like, <laughs> I, don't, like, I swear to God, I look like, I need to, I, I tell you what I need, I need to go on a fucking diet, man. I, I have never been this fat. I sat at eating six points of Guinness last night in a burger. And I was just like, you uh, eight points of Guinness, that's fucking, yeah, well, break your you, teeth. It's called soup. Like, <laughs> you, you, you technically eat soup, so yeah, I ate the Guinness. I'm glad and, to hear uh, your drinking is a intact. nice burger. And had a great sleep after a, a, a chronic weekend of mixed martial arts. Listen, let's stop. I know we gotta rambling. go. I know we gotta go. Sorry. Um, love is loads. Uh, keep your ears on us, and we will keep our mouths on your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, love is loads, hell. lads. Kisses. <laughs>